but super excited uh, for today. Um, couple things. I'm excited for Christmas coming up. I mentioned this earlier, but what a time to celebrate, a time of joy, a time to uh, worship the true King, and uh, as we do with Advent, to, to be ready for the arrival of the Son of God. Um, I'm super excited about that. And um, uh, today, as you can clearly tell, we're, we're speaking on joy today. And there's a lot of times when you hear joy, yeah, you think of laughter and you think of that. And I have been told in my past that once in a while I, I am really good at dad jokes. And I would say that uh, that offends me. Uh, that is not my specialty. Um, I am not great at that. But what I am good is Chuck Norris jokes. So if you don't know who Chuck Norris is, Chuck Norris used to be a martial artist uh, that was in TV, was in shows, and he would just dominate all the time. It didn't matter who. He had the roundhouse kick. I am not doing that in church. Uh, I'm not that kind of example. Chuck Norris was that. So I'm going to hopefully bring... It's the kind of jokes that Chuck Norris goes, Chuck Norris doesn't do a push-up. He pushes the earth down. <laughs> That's the, the joke. Another one is, Chuck Norris is the reason why Waldo is hiding. <laughs> Chuck Norris counted to infinity twice. Chuck Norris doesn't wear a watch. He decides what time it is. It's one of my favorite. And the last one, Chuck Norris does not get frostbite. Chuck Norris bites frost. Nice. So just... Just a little bit, but hopefully you got a little bit of a chuckle, a little bit of a laugh, um, or some joy out of that. But today, uh, we are going to be discussing what joy is and how it should be influenced and influences our life from a biblical perspective. So, uh, we're going to be in Luke 2, 8 through, uh, through 12 today. Uh, so let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we will dive right in. There any Father, may every... Word, may everything that uh, has been studied, may you take over. May your words impact the hearts of everyone in here, and then your words have impacted my heart. And may we continue to live this out and just live it for your glory and your name and your joy. And I thank you so much for the time we've had together, and may, uh, may it be a blessing uh, for your work to be done. And may there be none of me but all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to definitely be talking about the birth of Jesus in a, a few weeks as the, the birth. But let's talk about something that's happening right here in Luke 2, 8 through 12. This is, uh, I really enjoy this. And so it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in a swaddling cloth and lying in a manger." 
We're going to be dealing with the first point. And the first point is that of shepherds and angels. Shepherds and angels. So this is a proclamation of the birth. This is, there is, this is a proclamation of the birth of Jesus. And this is the account of these shepherds who get to hear this amazing, awesome, holy, uh, heavenly announcement. Imagine yourself there. Put yourself there. What a sight, what a thing to happen. Let's look at the story deeper. As we dig through, let's, uh, let's look at some of the, the points that are clearly in Scripture. These, uh, these shepherds were watching the flock at night. Okay? So it's nighttime. It tells us even the time of the day. Why would they be watching sheep at night? Well, there's multiple reasons. One, yeah, lions. There's animals. There's also people that want to steal, uh, steal out there. So they got they got to have their watch on. They're they're probably they got to have different times. They can't. There's no time off. There's they got to be able to take care of these sheep because this is their livelihood. This is what their responsibility. Now. There's a little bit of debate, but most people believe that this location was what people would call Shepherd's Field. And this is about located about two miles from town. So this is about two miles out uh, from town where it is happening. And so, so it's night, it's lonely, and so, uh, it's, uh, it's dark. They're out there just making sure that no bandits come along, no animals come along, and they're just doing their responsibilities. Now, shepherds often in this time were looked at as lowly and humble. So lowly and humble people, which is, I'm just a side note, which I find really interesting. How often um, are the men and women who respond to God properly are humble people? I, I think when, you're, when you have pride and you're, you, you're into yourself, you really miss it. Yeah, there's an opportunity to miss it. And this is who God goes to to make this declaration. This is also, as you can tell if you're looking, is a very heavenly announcement. Okay? If we look at this, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So there's this glory, there's this light, there's this this. And what was really interesting, that's a stark difference to the darkness they're in. Right? Stark difference. My biggest fear, one of my biggest fears, now I have a lot of like fears, but this one, one of my biggest fears is walking into a party and I am inappropriately dressed. I have wore jeans and a collared shirt and everyone else is wearing tuxes. And it's like, there's nothing I can do. I can't drive back 25 minutes. I can't do, that is one of my fears. I would stand out. This is clearly something that's standing out. This is a heavenly announcement. The light shone. It, it would have been bright. It would have been whatever. They are making it clear in scripture that this is, a, this is an angel that is declaring this to the shepherds. And right away, the angel recognizes the shepherd's fear and wants to get rid of it. And I like uh, uh, commentary by Brock here where he says this, but the grace of God is such that this fear is quickly removed as an obstacle. God wishes to interact with his creation. 
So when you, get, when you experience holiness, you experience, uh, you experience your lack of holiness. And there is a knowledge of unworthiness and fear. But the angel says, fear not. So in this declaration, there's two descriptions now happening. There's two announcements that are happening in this declaration. One is good news. And the other is great joy. When talking about joy, I also like this commentary that Brock that says this. Luke commonly places joy next to salvation. He does this in chapter 10, chapter 15, and chapter 24. Clearly... The good that God is about to do should be met with great expectation. A declaration of the greatness and significance of Jesus is intended. This is joy for all the people. Luke is making a main declaration of Jesus as one of the Davidic messiahs. One that is of his Savior, one is that of Christ which Luke is using as a regal Davidic, Davidic Messiah connection. And that's where he says to you in verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, so he's making sure it's the line of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is making a bold connection that this is the Messiah that people have been waiting for. And then, verse 12, it says, and this will be assigned to you. So, there's facts to back it up. Okay? This is the, the, the you, want, you want to know the facts? Okay, go check out the receipts. You know, it's just not saying it. Go check it out because there is a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. Like, how many times have you been told stuff and you just don't believe it? But you want to find the facts. You want to so, say, okay, let's prove it. Let's do it. Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James. All right, let's talk facts. Yeah, let's back it up. What are the stats? What are the information? What is going on? This angel brings the facts. Like, I know where he's at. Go find him. So this is what, that, what happens. So what is joy? Let's look at that word. As we talk about it in this story, uh, chara is used a lot of times. Chara is the Greek lexicon that says it's joy, gladness. And many times when we look at joy, we think of, the, of uh, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. I, know, I like it. Goodness, faithfulness. Meekness, against such things there is no law. I also think of the Christmas song, Joy to the World. You know, joy to the world, the Lord has come. But joy is much more than a happy feeling. It's an everlasting emotion, fact, that comes from the choice to trust that God will fulfill His promises. The biblical stance of joy is not on current circumstances, but that of our hope and trust in God's love and promises. I'll give you an example that you've heard before. 
when COVID was happening, we were at home a lot. And we're watching different videos. And I, I've told you this before. We were watching one time, and we saw a bunch of people getting baptized. And me and my wife are bawling, crying. That emotion, when people usually hear the word joy, don't, they don't usually connect today, do they? It's usually like, what's wrong? Something's wrong with you. <laughs> you might need to get checked out. But we had tears, and our, our girls couldn't understand. They didn't see that as happening. What did they see it as? They saw it as something was wrong. Something wasn't there. But it was joy. That is what overflowed us. To see someone's life being like totally devoted to Christ, and their soul being a, a, the angel celebrating, and as tears come down, that's joy. And I think sometimes we get lost because we think of joy as happiness. It's like what is like a good fleeting moment. And we have to be very careful of all that. That doesn't mean that that's not ever been used in Scripture. We're going to go through that. But we have to be very careful of that. Let's look at some, what some Scripture says so you can write some of these verses down. In Psalm 65, 11 through 12, it, sa it says this, You crowned the year with your bounty. Your wa wagon trucks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gild themselves with joy, that of abundance. Psalms 104:15 talks about uh, in wine to gladden the hearts of men, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart, to bring joy to the man's heart, to people's heart. Bread and wine. It talks about in Jeremiah 33, 11, talks about the joys of wedding, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good and his mercies endures forever. As, as most of you know, but not all of you know, my wife and I got married in a hurricane. Not lying. Hurricane Irene. We got married on the East Coast. My wife is from the East Coast. We got married in, uh, in a nice little bay setting, and we were out there. The day before was really nice, and the day after was really nice. A little bit more windy, but our special day, the hurricane came through. We had, the couple days before, I can guarantee you, did not feel like joy. As we were calling to make sure people were still having the venue, that were still like, you're still open? Yeah, okay, DJ, you still going to play music? Just so you know, we had to have backup generators to do everything. Like, what would that day look like? But now, what's really interesting, let's be honest, guys. Most guys don't talk about weddings with each other. It's just not what we do. It's just not who we are. My wedding still gets talked about. And it brings great joy because we went through it together. There was this looking back on and being like, can we actually believe we did that? Like, it looks back and it was being like, all my buddies, and I, I guarantee all my buddies at that time were either dating or, or uh, like newly married or whatever, and they drove out together. All of them got calls from their wife like, what are you guys doing? Come back. You guys are not smart. And so they, you know, I'm sorry I ruined some of their relationships. But besides that, 
We look back at now and uh, like in uh, great stories of great joy of going through that together as he talks about a, a wedding example. Proverbs 23, 24 through 25 talks about the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Our world right now is marked by selfishness and death and loss. That is where we're at right now. The biblical stance of joy is not on our current circumstance, but that of our hope and trust in God's love and promises. We have to deal with that right now. Have you ever felt right now that our world is lost? Have you struggled with that? And how do we, what is going on? Why are people making these decisions? If you look right now, people are making ungodly decisions. I think that's pretty clear. I don't even have to give many examples in your life. So where does joy come from? When everything is lost, everything does not make sense. When you have family members that aren't believers, when you have family members that believe things that just don't make sense. Right now, we don't even, uh, we don't even know what a man is or a woman is. Uh, we don't know. We can't add anymore because adding is now like something wrong. We have entered into a world that is no longer making sense, no longer lining up with God's priorities, and we've decided, like, it's crazy. So where does the joy come from? Where does that come from? It comes from the promises and hope of who God is and who He's been all along and who He'll continue to be, even when we don't know the circumstance that we're in right now. That is true joy. When you've seen God work in the past, so you know he's going to work in the future. When you know his promises will not fail. When you have that. Have you ever had someone that you totally trust in? And they, they come through with you. And when they do, they're, they're, you know that they're going to come in again in the future. God is so, his promises Dwarf that of your best friend. Dwarf that. Because he is a God of his word. He is a God of strength and a God that stands. And he is the foundation. Joy is not found in our current struggles, our issues, but that of our future destiny. For us believers, that is Jesus Christ. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him. Knowing him in our current struggles, in our issues, and trusting in his destiny, in who he is. So many times we get back onto ourselves, but we need to trust in who Jesus is. Jesus even talks about joy. One, he's mentioned right here in the reading, the good news that brings great joy. Jesus is great joy for the lost world. He is that. And we can't lose sight of that. Luke 10, 21 also says this. In the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. 
He rejoiced and gave thanks to God his Father and the Holy Spirit. He, he gave joy in that moment. I find it sad that many Christian believers don't find joy being in Scripture and being with the Father, praying, having alone time with God. I think that's one of our biggest falls recently is we don't find joy in resting into who God is, seeking Him, pursuing Him, being with Him. We find it as a chore. We find it as like, hey, if I do this, then God will love me more. Like if, I, if we don't find the joy into to knowing it, I tell you when, you, when you read the Bible and you find something that you're like, oh, I've never viewed it to that. It's one of the greatest things ever. You can't really describe it to anyone else. I know many times I run to my wife and I start talking like this really fast to me like, did you know that this happened and this happened? And she's like, I have no idea what you're saying right now. One, because you're not making any sense. Uh, two, you're talking way too fast. But when you, when you get to experience that, you want to talk. You want to talk about the joy in your life because you want to share it with other people because you want them to experience that same joy. You want to experience. And what is our joy? Joy is Jesus. So you want to, them to experience Jesus. You want them to experience that in such a way. And then also in Matthew five twelve, if you want to write this down, Matthew 5.12, it says, When people reject and persecute you for following me, rejoice and be very glad because your reward is great in heaven. Even when you're persecuted, rejoice because your reward is not on earth. It's with him. So the big question that we've been talking about is, what's it like to be filled with joy in our lives? We've talked about joy in good times, joy in times of rejection, joy in times of the arrival of Jesus, joy in times of persecution. In Philippians, Paul deals with these things. So Philippians 1, 25 in Philippians 3, 1, they sort, sort of talk, we're going to go over these quickly, is Paul is in prison, and he's even talking, even if he is killed, joy in the faith. Joy in the faith. And then in Philippians 3, 1, he says, joy in the Lord, because Paul believed that this was even a gift of God's Spirit that there would be hope and joy in unwanted circumstances. And even after Jesus' death and resurrections, you want to know what the followers of Christ were known for? What happens? Acts 13.52 says this, and the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Acts 13. 52, write it down, full of joy. The believers were known for this. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. They could have just said they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
could have just said, I'm filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Because Paul and Barnabas had just been persecuted. So Paul and Barnabas had just been uh, persecuted and expelled from the districts. And it says that Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off their feet and they were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. When something bad happens to us, is that our response? Usually not. It's not usually joy. It's not usually that. I do want to make one thing clear, though. That does not mean we don't have grief and sorrow. You know, Paul talks about this a lot, about missing loved ones. About sad over losing friends. And even 2 Corinthians 6.10 says, being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing. I think sometimes we, uh, there's this, like, fake it till you make it kind of mindset. Like, oh, if you just are happy enough, if you just fight enough, like, you'll, like, put on that happy face. And that's how you, that's how us Christians can win more people if we just are, like, I don't think that is biblical joy God is talking about. But I think a lot of times we struggle with that because we want, we want people to find Christ and we want to, but we are allowed to have grief. We are allowed to have that. But even in our sorrow, there's still rejoicing in who God is and who God says he is. And so we have to wrestle with that. We have to wrestle with that. Okay, we can have grief, but it needs to be joy into the promises and love of Jesus. I would like the band to come up, if possible, because one of the things that I really want to talk about is, is your life a proclamation of the biblical joy in your life? What does that look like in your life? Because I want to go back to what the angel said. Because the angel says this in Luke 2, and I've already read it. It says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Are you that way with people? Are you a person that says, I bring you good news of great joy? Because here is the awesome thing I want you to know. We are the people that get to tell the people the same Jesus that the angel got to proclaim. We get to proclaim that Jesus to others. Now we might not be coming in the darkness with a bunch of light around us. Maybe I need to get a fog light behind us, but you know what we do have? We have that same light. We have the light in the darkness that we get to bring. How exciting is that? How joyful is that? That we get to bring joy to other people's life. But what's scary is we get intimidated and scared because of how they might respond. But you just saw how Paul and Barnabas, they just were. You kick the dirt off your shoes, you get up and you rejoice and you bring it to the next person that needs joy. 
we cannot bring joy. Only he can. Only Christ, our Savior, the same Messiah, the same one that died, rose again, and sits at the right hand of God is joy. I might be able to bring a laugh or two, but I don't bring joy. And even that's sketchy on the laugh part. But are we doing that? Are we so filled with joy that it overflows with us? Because we put our lives on joy instead of other things. It's really been challenging. Because last night, there was a moment I didn't have joy. I had, a, I had a cyst on my back. So I had surgery on Monday, a nice little cut to get the cyst out and cut up in stitches. And one of my good friends last night, as we're leaving, as we're saying goodbye to my friends, decides to hit me on my back to say goodbye. And I dropped to my knees in pain. And I was like, this really hurts. This is not, you know what first thing popped up into my mind is I'm preaching on joy tomorrow. I'm preaching on joy. And I know it's a silly thing, but I was thinking that my joy is not in this circumstance. My joy is not in this moment. It hurt. But that's not my, it's not my joy. My joy is in Him. My joy rests in Him. And I ask you to do the same consistently, daily. Let your joy be in who He is. Don't miss the moments when the kids are singing and you get full of joy. Make that, may that empower you. Because you know it's not through the kids singing, it's through what Christ has done for them, through them. What a great moment. Let's, let's stand and worship together.